Good morning, everyone. I want to thank my brother from the Gideons. Um, we at Calvary Vision Church understand that you guys are on the tip of the spear. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and they're out there spreading the Word. That's the first thing that has to go forth. We have to hear the Word of God in our mind, and then God is something to work with. So thank you so much for your ministry. Keep it up. We really appreciate it. Um, so today, uh, saints of God, we want to continue on with our <clears throat> look at uh, sanctification, and I've called the message, or this series of messages, Restoring the Garden of His Love. And the reason I title it that is because sanctification is about restoring something. It's about taking something that was over here that got damaged and putting it over here and restoring it. It's a wonderful process. When we get saved, we get positioned in Christ. But when we get sanctified, we get conformed into His image. You see. And the reason I wanted to have a little different view of this, calling it restoration, because I think it's more personal. I mean, when we think about us being restored, there's something there for us, isn't it? So God wants to take something that was once in the Garden of Eden, a relationship he had with Adam and Eve that was really special, the original purpose of us as human beings, to be fully human, and then Adam lost it and he fell, and unfortunately, we fell too because we're from Adam, you know. But the minute he fell, God said, I'm going to restore what was lost. You and I are in the process of being restored by God. That's his will for us. So let's look at that today. But before we do, let's just bow our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to help us out. Okay? <clears throat> Father God in heaven and of the earth, Lord, we just give you your due today. Father, I pray today that you would help us to see what you see, to feel what you feel. Help us today, Lord, to have a personal experience with you in this house. Lord, I pray that you will activate in all our hearts the restoration process. That we can see us, ourselves changing every day. Every day when we get up, we can say, boy... I'm a little different this morning because of Jesus Christ and His shed blood and Him carrying all of our sins on that cross. And we have the opportunity, Father, to be brought back to look like Jesus. So we pray today that you would help us do just that, that we would be restored back to what the original intent was, to have an awesome relationship with you to live life to its fullest, to have the abundant life that Jesus talked about, to understand what it means to be joyful when everybody around us is down, to understand what it means to fly when everybody else is crawling on the ground. Father, we want to be that light. We want to be the living example of the power of God in us so that the world can see that Jesus Christ is very much alive in us. And it's for them too. Father, we ask you to bless us with power, that we would be changed, that our families would be blessed, that our church would be 
full of power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So salvation starts the process and sanctification is our personal experience of restoring our heart back to the original intent. You know, Paul said in Philippians 3.12, Now that I have already, not that I have already attained this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of something. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You see, when Paul got saved, he realized that there was a purpose in Christ's death, not only to forgive his, his sins, but to restore him back. He was saying, I want to get back everything that was lost. Do you want to get back everything that was lost? Do you want to be full and blessed and revived to be able to get up in the morning and not have the grim reaper greeting you? It's a lot better when Jesus greets you. You know, you get up in the morning and anxiety's just waiting for you. Fear's just waiting for you. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can be restored so that we can get up in the morning and have joy. We don't have to be like every we don't have to be like the world. We don't have to accept the message of the world. We have a better message, but it's not only a message. It doesn't only end in our intellect. It goes down into our soul and into our emotions and down to our volition where we say, yes, Lord. Amen? And we can rise up. And that's what we want to learn about the transformation process. So Paul goes on. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So Paul was in a process. The great apostle Paul, believe it or not, he was in the process just like you and I are. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The problem with most of us is we're always looking in the rearview mirror. You got to do what I did when I was working at the car wash. That was my first job when I was 14. I accidentally, my job was to go inside and wipe and dry off the windows. You say, what are you doing working at a car wash? I thought you worked on a farm. Yeah, believe it or not, I did my farm work. Then because I wanted five bucks to be able to go roller skating, I would ride my bicycle into the car wash, and I would clean the inside of the cars. And then one day, I knocked that mirror off. And so I thought I could hide it, so I threw it under the seat. <laughs> well, you know how that went when the boss found out. Didn't go so well. But you know, in life, we're always looking at our past. We're always looking at the wrong side. We're always looking at the negative. I'm here to tell you, saints, God can break that curse in your life. You don't have to be looking at the negative. You don't always have to be looking behind you in the past and, and the, old, the whole hums. No, we're going to get the victory. We're victorious at Calvary Vision Church. Amen? Amen. So, the first thing I want you to keep in your mind is that sanctification is, first thing I want you to remember, it's a, res- a restoration of things. Okay? Restoration. We are being restored. So, let me say a couple of things about sanctification, what it is. It is the setting something apart for God, right? That which is holy is set apart for God. So God is taking something that was over here, and now he's setting it over here. You see, right? 
Once you were a single person, those of you who are married, and you wanted to get married, so you had to leave this position with all the single people, and you had to come over here, you set yourself apart just for one person. See? So we are being set apart from what? What we used to be when we were in the world. What happened in the world? Well, we were of the world. We had that sinful part of us that controlled everything we did. We just lived for ourselves, right? Come on, let's face it, right? We just lived for ourselves. What we wanted to do, we did. But then all of a sudden, you get saved. Somebody leaves a Gideon Bible somewhere, and you read it, or somebody gives you the gospel, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts working on you, and you say, I want that. Something in me just is drawn to it. So you accept Jesus, and all of a sudden, God starts moving you over here. He sets you apart from that over to over here to something new, and the process starts. Restoration. Be holy for I am holy. Number two, it is the process of being transformed by the nature of Christ in you. You know, when you get born again, what happens? What comes into you? The Holy Spirit comes into you. So at one point, you just had the old nature, the old man, that old thing in you. Now all of a sudden, you got the new thing in you. And what starts then? What starts happening? Now the battle starts. The battle starts because you got that old thing, but now you got a new thing, right? You used to be able to go out drinking Saturday night and get trash and have a good old time, get up Saturday morning and pop a beer. Just start all over again because you got Sunday, right? You got all Sunday to do it. That's a good time. Then all of a sudden you get saved and you go out Saturday night like you normally do because that's what you do. And you drink and you have, but then you're sitting there and all of a sudden you start seeing things you never saw before. You see how crazy everybody is. And you go into the bathroom, and you're looking in the mirror, and you say, man, I'm crazy too. And then you go home, and you get up the next morning, and you just don't feel the same. You feel, and as you go on, you realize, this is just something, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Because you know what you're doing? You're grieving that new nature. You're feeling, mmm, you know, it's inside of you. You're feeling something, mmm, pushing down on you. I don't, I don't like this feeling anymore. So God, what's God doing? That's the process of God trying to restore you. He's getting a hold of you. You say, come on. Come over here with me. It's much better. And you start letting things go. God starts convicting you. I don't want to spend my night getting trashed anymore. And you could apply that to any of our weaknesses. We all have those things in our life when before we were saved that it was just our weakness. Right? And then God slowly gets you free from those weaknesses. Amen? Amen. So three, it's the practical outworking of the Spirit of God in you, accomplishing God's will for you. The Bible says this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you would be sanctified in spirit, soul, and body. So there's three parts. It's the restoring of the garden of your heart from the effects of the fall and sin for a holy habitation of God. God is jealous. When Adam fell, God immediately said, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to restore man. I lost something, and I want it back. And that was, that's the whole thing. God wants us back. God wants us back. So, the, body says, no, the Bible says, Know you not your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That was the original intent. Ephesians 2.22 says, You are being built as a holy habitation for the Lord. This is, this is hard sometimes to understand because we're born in sin. We know that life real well. We know the sinful life. We, we participated in it. We know all of that. But then when we hear, boy, God wants me to be separated unto him, so a holy habitation, 
It sounds a little strange, but really, when you yield to that and you allow God to bring you into the fullness of that, there's no comparison. So we can spend our days over here just being sinful and doing our thing, whatever that is, or we can come over here and position ourselves in a place where God can just lift us up. Like Pastor Tim spoke about the eagle. The air comes under and lifts us up. But we got to position ourselves to get that lift. That's all sanctification is. Being restored so that we can function the way God wants us to. What sanctification is not? Let's take a look at this too. It is not earning forgiveness of sin. It is not gaining God's approval. It is not accepting God's affirmation of your self-worth. This is so critically important. That you understand this when, when you understand. If you don't understand this, the devil will condemn you. If you don't understand this, you'll think it's up to you to get sanctified. But just as you're saved by grace, guess what? You're sanctified by grace. God does it all. We just have to position ourselves to receive it. And that's what God's going to teach us to do. Amen? We must understand what it means to be in Christ before we mature as a Christian. So we must understand what that means when we accept Christ, what that means to be in him, before we take this adventure of being Christ-like. Or you'll, you'll, there's a term for, if you don't understand that and you think it's up to you, uh, you'll, you'll end up becoming what the Bible calls legalistic. And you'll end up looking at people, you know, you'll, you'll get up a notch and you'll get victory over smoking cigarettes. And then all of a sudden you're condemning everybody else who's still smoking. What do I mean? You just, you just quit a week ago. You know what I'm saying? Now you're on still than everybody else who's, who's still smoking. That's not God's thing. That's man's thing. And if we have the wrong attitude, we won't be representing Jesus. So let's turn, if you have your Bible then, let's get into the Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5. Let's go over there. And we'll start reading in verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we were convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Verse 16. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. I like what the King James says there. We regard no one according to the flesh. Though we once regarded Christ this way. You know, they had a lot of, they had a lot of opinions of what Jesus was, right? Then when he resurrected, who? then they got it. When they got the Holy Spirit, then they really understood some things. So we do not sow any longer. So what Paul's saying is here is, He understands that the transformation process is once somebody's in Christ over here, once you get saved, things are totally different even though you're still struggling to get over here. You see what I mean? So you get saved and the Holy Spirit starts convicting you about things you're doing. You know that still small voice. You just know this isn't right what I'm doing. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be whatever it is. Fill in the blank. Is there something in your life you had that experience that things you were doing and the Holy Spirit just, every time you did it you just felt 
like you need to go take a shower or something, you lose your joy, and you said, there, I just did it again. I talked to her that way again. I shouldn't be doing that, right? Or whatever it is that you did. The Holy Spirit's working on your life, working in your heart. Now, the, the Lord has given us a visual in, in creation that I think helps illustrate this very well. So, Josh, if you're ready to roll that video, let's go ahead and, uh, and take a look at this. And it really describes the transformation process, but it also describes this verse very well. Now let's think about that video a little bit. It started with the worm, but ended with the butterfly. God created us butterflies. When we sinned, we became the worm. God wants to restore us back to the butterfly. But we all start as like a worm. Now in this passage we just read, Paul says, once you become saved, you don't look at people as the worm they may be. You see them as the butterfly God has called them to be. So no matter where they're along in, in their journey from being saved, and then they start going like this. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. He's going like this. He's going like this towards being the butterfly. But along the way, we don't see them when they falter and say, oh, what a worm. No, we never see the worm anymore. We just see the butterfly. You see? And that's the beautiful thing. Now, the, but the worm... I think is kind of, you know, it kind of pictures our old nature. What does the worm do? First of all, it's very low to the ground. You can see about six inches in front of it, right? And all it does is feed its belly. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 right? Give me something to eat. Feed me. Take care of my appetite. That's all the worm does. But somewhere along the line, the worm decides, hmm, I think maybe there's more purpose in my life than just being a worm and feeding my belly. And it decides to do something. It decides to climb up and get a hold of a branch. Do we have a branch we're supposed to get a hold of? Yeah. It decides it's going to snuggle itself away with God for a while. It gets in that cocoon. The Bible says there's a secret place for us. The transformation process revolves you making a decision to get a hold of Christ. Right? He is our vine. And we just latch hold of Him. And we snuggle ourselves up with the Lord. And the transformation process starts. And that's how it is with us. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Now, so it says, understanding this, then when you get born again, from now on we don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view, even though they're saved, they might stumble. We don't look at the stumble. We understand that they are already completing Christ. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we don't do it any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is the butterfly. Old has gone. The new has come. It's already done as far as God is concerned. You see what I mean? It's already completed. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Jesus Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore ambassadors of Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. I really hope you meditate on that this week. So that in him we might be made the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, he sent Jesus Christ, and as long as Jesus get to that cross and do what he was doing, and it was tough, right? Three times Jesus said, Father, I don't want to, if there's any other way, but not my will but yours be done. So he remained obedient. He went to the cross. If that was done, this is what happened. If that was done to all who believe in him, God says, you're righteous now. You're righteous. All the sins you ever committed were placed on Jesus. And all of his righteousness was given freely to you. Why is this critical? Because if you don't understand that you are righteous, that you are the butterfly, in your process of growing towards God, the devil will be right there to condemn you all along the way. Every time you fail, he's going to tell you, you're no good, you're lousy, why go to church? Just go back to your old friends, you'll never do it, you're a failure. You know, whatever his lie is to you, he's going to work you and work you and work you. So you have to remember, when that happens, you've got to tell him, oh, no, 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 no. I still might be crawling around a little bit, but I'm not a worm anymore. I'm a butterfly. I'm a butterfly. I am being staged to fly. And I might not be there yet. I may not apprehend it yet, like Paul said, but this one thing I do. I keep pressing on, and I keep moving on to be apprehended for that which were, for which Christ has apprehended me. I want it all. You see what I mean? It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't get any better than that. You know what it could be like? It could be like, you need a good job, so you go into Tim, and you say, Tim, I need a job. He goes, okay, what do you know how to do? In architecture. Well, I can sharpen the pencils. Oh, okay, okay. How much you want to get paid? Well, I want to get paid what you get paid. And all you have to do is sharpen, all you know how to do is sharpen pencils. goes, yeah. So Tim gives you a job and pays you what he's getting paid. That's what Jesus did for us. You see what I'm saying? That's how good it is. That's how good it is. Take your, take your Bible now. I just want to push this a little further. Go back to Isaiah. Isaiah 53. I want you to look at this scripture. Maybe you could meditate on it this week. While you're thanking God for being a butterfly. While your wife is telling you you're a worm. <laughs> we know this scripture. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he took our infirmities. So this is what Jesus took. So when it says he took our infirmities, there was infirmities that you have because of the fall, because of your sin. The sin brought infirmities. And he carried our sorrows. Because of the fall, we have sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God. We thought, well, it's your, it's your problem. Smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, not for his. So we have transgressions, and Jesus was pierced for it. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Now think about this. Jump over to Isaiah 52 and, and, and verse 14 and read this. 
Just as there were many who were appalled by him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man and his form so marred beyond human likeness. Now, every time we think of that, you know what we think of? We think of the movie The Passion where they flailed him, right? Oh, it was the whipping that made him so marred. It wasn't the whipping. When the Bible says he took all the diseases of the world upon himself, he took all the diseases of the world upon himself. Do you ever see what some diseases do to people? Their face, their skin. It can just eat your skin right off your face. So when they said he wasn't recognizable, that's because he took all the disease of the world into his body. And it just did what that disease does. He was hanging there, and that disease was just working on him. He took that on himself. He took all your sorrow. You feel bad when you have one bad day. How would you like to take everybody's sorrows on all at one time? You see what I'm saying? He took all that for you. And then God turns right around and says, if you believe in him and you get born again, you're the butterfly. Now, if you don't see the love of God in that, you are the butterfly. Even though my son took all your disease, all your iniquity, all the things that you've ever done that were lousy and no good and you're ashamed of, he took it upon himself on the cross. Think of your worst besetting sin. Think of your worst besetting sin in your life. Now think of Jesus, who he was. And he took that into himself for you so that you could be set free. Meditate on that. That's what we meditate on when we come into communion. We commune and we remember what he did for us. Church, it was so awesome. And when he did that for us and we accept him, we hear the gospel, we feel it in our emotions, we understand the gospel, you got to understand the full package. Jesus said, he that believes... And his baptized shall be saved. Right? He that believes, isn't that what the gospel says? So that means I must believe in him and I go get baptized, right? You know, there's different baptisms in the Bible. It wasn't talking about water baptism because that would be a work. It's not by works of righteousness we're saved. So what's he talking about? Believe and be baptized. Well, there's the baptism in Romans 6. And that talks about this, the restoration process, that we are baptized into his death so that we can come into the resurrection life. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not many days forth you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's a baptism unto his death. And a baptism unto life in the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? You see, you got to understand. Paul said, I want to apprehend that which I was apprehended for. That's the gospel. If we just believe in him up here in our mind. You don't have the whole package. It starts here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And then you've got to let that reality of that, the Holy Spirit starts settling it down into your emotions and it starts stirring your heart. But then you have to bring your will into it. And you have to make the choice that, yes, I not only believe in Jesus, but I'm accepting the full picture, the full package that he wants me to be restored back into the butterfly. You see what I mean? Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace should abound? No. No, you don't understand. If that's your theology, you don't understand. And a lot, of, a lot of people believe that. 
Oh, well, it's all by grace, so I just accept Jesus and I just continue living like I, like I want to. If you can continue living like you want to and the Holy Spirit's in you, that doesn't compute in my mind. How can you continue to live in sin when the Holy Spirit's in you? He's going to be convicting you. You're going to feel that mm, in your heart. You're going to feel that, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You see what I mean? Before you got saved, you can go down the road and flip everybody the bird and scream and yell at them and do your thing, go to work and smile at everybody. Hey, how you doing? And stab them in the back. You know, you just go through your day like that. And you think all's great, man, right? Yeah, guy yells at you and you say, I'm going to beat you up. You're not going to beat me up. Ah, Come on, come on, get a piece of me. And then at the end of the day, you're fine with it. You just think, "Ah, that's great, man. What a great day I had. (laughs) Let's have a bud. You know, it's like... But when you get saved, you might still do that, but something's inside going, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have gestured that. And then you go the rest of the work, you're confessing, Lord, forgive me. I'll never do it again, right? You know, I don't want to do that. We're stumbling along the way. But yet, when you're truly born again, you're moving up to be the butterfly. Because that's the original intent. God wanted to restore you. God said, I lost something, I want it back. If you come into Christ, I'll give you the power to get it back. You see what I'm saying? So, because the Bible says in Proverbs 24, the just man falls seven times a day, but he gets back up. But the wicked, the wicked just continue in their mischief. So you see the difference. We'll we'll stop there. But I want you to remember two things from today about God changing us from the worm to the butterfly. It is a restoration process. It's all about him. All you have to do is cooperate with it. It's so easy. It doesn't get any better than that. Just cooperate with him. You don't have to figure anything out. The Holy Spirit will lead you day by day. And all you have to do is, okay, go along with it. When, he, when, he's, when he's convicting you of something, be willing to give it up. Say, okay, Lord, I confess my sin, and I'm going to go do it again tomorrow. Well, there comes a time, you might do that for a while, but there comes a time where you say, enough's enough. And this is foolishness. i got to stop playing around here. If I'm going to fly, i got to let go of these weights and sin that are besetting me. Right? i got to let it go. And that's what God's doing in Calvary Vision Church. He's preparing us to fly. He's preparing us to experience everything he has for us. Amen? We're not going to beat a worm. There's enough worms in the planet. Right? We need more butterflies. What does the worm do but eat? But the butterfly goes around from plant to plant, pollinating, bringing life as it goes, cross-pollinating, right? It's being productive. It's it's benefiting us. It's benefiting others. And that's what God's going to make us as we come into our destiny in him, as we all come into the butterfly he wants us to be. We're going to have life worth living. You see what I mean? We're going to have life worth living. It's going to be worth getting out of bed in the morning. You're going to have a smile on your face going to work. You're going to have a song in your heart. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. You got something the world doesn't have. You got vision the world doesn't have. The world can see six inches in front of it as it's crawling through the dirt. You're given wings so you can rise up and you can see so much more. Your life is going to be blessed. It is blessed. If you're in Christ, you're already blessed. If you're in Christ, you're already the butterfly. It doesn't matter where you are in the process. You're already the butterfly. That's something to give a shout to God about, and to be thankful every day of your life. So let's just...
give the Lord some praise. Let's go ahead and just praise him. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's worthy. So let's go ahead and bow our, bow our heads right now. And let's just, let's just end this time together. Because we're all in the same boat. We're all on the same journey. And we're all encouraging each other. We see each other as the butterfly. We no longer see each other as worms. No matter where we're at, no matter how much we stumble, if our heart is towards Him, we are the butterfly already. So we encourage each other in the process. We thank you, Father, for this revelation of your word.